coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> Hi and welcome to the Adelaide Horror Podcast, it's your host Zombie Joe, tonight's episode 8 and I'm going to be looking at Galactic Horror, so I'm reviewing 1997's Event Horizon. So yeah, uh, yesterday it uh, celebrated in the US its 25 year anniversary of its release. Um, we we did get it um, uh, 25 years ago but we got it in uh, January, um, so ours was a summer uh, holiday release uh, here in Australia. I remember seeing it at the cinemas uh, with my mate, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It uh, shook us up. We enjoyed it, and uh, and then yeah, managed to uh, actually own it on um, uh, I think VHS at one stage, uh, and then I lost it. I don't know where that went, but um, it was one of my uh, purchases uh, back in the day of uh, taking your own copies home. The uh, the movie itself, unfortunately, kind of flopped back in 20, 25 years ago. It was kind of wasn't accepted as it is now, which is a bit of a shame. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying it was a movie ahead of its time, but um, I think it was released now. The CG would have been better, um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it would have been a far more of a blockbuster um, than. 25 years ago but having said that things happen for a reason and like I said it's more accepted now than it was back then um, it is what it is what are you going to do um, but yeah that's just how it worked out uh, so uh, Event Horizon was directed by Paul Anderson uh, we would know him from Alien vs Predator, Resident Evil and Mortal Kombat as the uh, he went on to direct those uh, it's an hour and a half runtime, including credits. Uh, it was written by Paul Inser, and he did Mutant Chronicles. Um, the prop design, I've got to, I've got to say, there's a bit of a nod to some HR Geiger stuff going on uh, in that place. I when I first when I first sat down at the cinemas to watch this, um, if the quick cut scenes of blood and gore didn't freak me out it was the actual ship uh, on the inside when they fed when the fed, when the rescue crew first lands and they're walking around this ship i'm thinking to myself holy moly and so i've introduced a new a new term in the uh in the adelaide horror podcast and that's the heebie-jeebie scale <laughs> and uh, the, the heebie-jeebie scale was was going a bit off uh, when they uh, when they were walking around. It's such a, a cold, sinister uh, looking looking um, cabin and uh, all the surrounding corridors inside this spaceship. And then as you get to the bridge, uh, the stringy, veiny blood spray across one of the walls, like it was it was clearly somebody, uh, and it was just kind of like these vines of uh, you know, um, blood in, in in someone's veins. It, it like it looked really full on, and and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, oh, that that kind of spooked me back then. Um, 
but there was when you go into the engine room of this ship you, you start seeing it's lots of points uh, it's it's really sharp it's it's cold it's like the main colors are black and gray it's it's steel spinning around and it just looks designed to um, collect blood really it's it's uh, someone mentions in the movie it looks like a meat grinder well that, that's literally what the the, um, the the kind of feel when you first look at it it's just yeah you just really kind of like yeah like I said the heebie-jeebie scale kind of goes off uh, so 25 years ago this kind of shook me a little bit uh, I was 18 uh, when this came out so it was pretty much straight in my demographic um, and uh, yeah so it kind of rocked my little socks um, so yeah uh, now correction I said it was actually a summer movie I, I had my notes here and I've realized it actually came out in October so um, I well wouldn't say it was summertime for us it was uh, spring kind of spring almost uh, summertime uh, release uh, for us, it was in October, so it would have been it would have been actually perfect for us to uh, head out and enjoy this for Halloween. But uh, it was a bit too early, and like I said, uh, Halloween's a really on and off kind of thing here in Australia. You either really like it or you just don't. And uh, yeah, it's it's a slow grind, and it kind of sucks being a horror fan and wanting to celebrate Halloween. And uh, you know, there's a lot of um, naysayers that don't want Halloween to happen and they make it racial and uh, it's a bit ridiculous but uh, yeah you know it is what it is so yeah um, the budget for Event Horizon was 60 million and unfortunately it only grossed 26 globally so that's why it kind of flopped um, and like I said if it was made I think now the outcome would have been very different um, but yeah so yeah, cool. Um, the cast was an amazing cast. Like uh, you had Sam Neill. Now he plays Doctor William Ware. Now he's the creator of the Event Horizon, the ship mentioned in the movie title. Um, prior to this, he was known for Dead Calm, which is a which is an Australian psychological thriller. I think Billy Zane's in that one. Um, so he's he's in that. Um, and he was also the professor, as we know, in Jurassic Park. But he was also another gentleman in a movie called The Mouth of Madness. Now, when I look at Sam Neill in this character as Dr. William Weir, he's pretty, he's pretty much the professor in Jurassic Park and the guy from Mouth, Mouth of Madness woven together. Like, and he's tapped into both characters. And uh, that's what I noticed. Even back then, I noticed it. I was like, man, like, you know, holy shit. He's kind of, you know, um, he's more, he's slightly more arrogant than his professor character in Jurassic Park, even though he was kind of arrogant as well in that, but not full on. Like, he wanted to crack him. In this one here, you wanted to build him. You know, uh, his, his uh, level of arrogance was quite high in this one, uh, made him... Um, uh, disliked by the rescue crew almost immediately from the start so that kind of created a lot of friction amongst the characters um, prior to them even entering the event horizon so that was you know good times uh, Lawrence Fishburne I'll keep going so Lawrence Fishburne he's the captain uh, Captain Miller um, he's got a rescue ship called the Lois and Clark 
Um, and uh, if I said it quickly, I was almost going to say Lewis and Clark. So <laughs> no relation to Superman. But uh, yeah, Lewis and Clark. Um, so this is the rescue ship that's been assigned to go out and um, and uh, get back in contact with the Event Horizon, which is um, has reappeared after disappearing. So I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Joey Richardson, he's a UK actor. You'd know him from The Patriot. He was also the Slytherin. All the Harry Potter people are screaming at me right now. Um, yeah, so he's a Slytherin. <laughs> That's as far as I know. He he had white hair. He was slick back. He was he was the dad of the little shit from Harry Potter. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, so yeah, no. Potterheads, don't go out and start cursing me, please. I, I apologise. Um, anyway, it was a good series. I liked it too. Um, Kathleen Quinlan, uh, she's a US uh, actress. Um, she's the uh, med uh, uh, tech in this movie called Peters. Uh, she was in the movie The Doors and Apollo 13. Uh, Richard T. Jones, um, he's a uh, African-American actor. Um, and he plays Cooper. So he's kind of like the the maintenance slash soldier um, uh, role. I think it was quite a funny, even in the movie, um, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne's character, Captain Miller, even said, what exactly do you do in this? You know, like, it was quite funny. I thought that was quite quite funny, that even even the actors were saying, like, what exactly do you do here? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he, you know, he's a good-looking dude. He's cracking onto the girls. Like, that's pretty much what he's doing. Uh, you know him from the movie Kiss the Girls, um, but he was also in the movie uh, the um, um, Collateral and, and Phone Booth with um, Colin Farrell. Um, the, he was also in Bandage Point. He was in uh, Grey's Anatomy as well on TV in uh, Hawaii Five-O and CSI. So he's, he's been around a lot of the cop shows. Uh, Jack Noseworthy, he's a US actor. He's a youngish guy. Um, he plays Justin the Engineer. Um, and uh, he he was in the movie Alive about the Argentinians that crashed into the Andes in the 80s and had to eat each other. Um, it was a it's not a horror movie. It was just a survival um, movie. And I don't mean full blown horror cannibal apocalypse stuff. It was just you know they cut little squares off someone's leg or something to and ate the skin. That's what kept them alive. So yeah, it wasn't full-blown um, cannibal scenes but it was a it was a kind of a, a movie documentary of the actual event um, but you would also know him from the movie Idle Hands um, and that was that was a pretty decent uh, horror movie and it had uh, cameos uh, offspring uh, the band offspring at the time so definitely check that one out that was that was a good time uh, Jason Isaacs, uh, he's a UK um, actor, and I've, I actually, sorry, I've realised I've just mixed the two characters up here, uh, whoops, Joey Richardson actually is a girl, <laughs> whoops, uh, Joey Richardson is the uh, female actress, and she was in The Patriot and played the wife of Mel Gibson, 
whoopsie chopsie, and uh, Jason Isaacs is the dad of the little shit in Harry Potter. So that's <laughs> whoops. Um, anyway, so he was he's the DJ, the medic, and uh, that's not his DJ name. That's actually his his name is DJ, and he's the medic. So yeah, I'm not trying to get all flavor flavor on the characters' names. Uh, and he was in the Patriot. He played the he played. I think he's like a lieutenant or something of the, the the cavalry or something. He was just a real nasty pasty in that one. Um, anyway, he's not nasty in this movie, so that's that's all good. Uh, we got uh, Sean Pertwee. Now we know him from Doc Soldiers, How and Gotham. Uh, in a few episodes that'll be coming up, uh, Sean is going to be coming up in a lot of these movies, so I'll be referring to him a lot. Uh, he's the pilot of the uh, Lois and Clark, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the that's the crew of the Lois and Clark, the rescue group that is now taking Sam Neill to the event horizon. So that's that's that. So the opening part of the movie, it's it's there's like a log of dates and years. So it starts off with 2015, and so it's the first uh, established colony on the moon. Uh, we're not quite there yet, uh, <laughs> still. Uh, 2032, uh, there was commercial mining begins on Mars. So, I'm, yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, 2040, um, the event horizon is created. So, Dr. William Weir creates the event horizon. And the event horizon's mission, it's a deep space research ship. And it's... And it's basically, its goal is to uh, locate and explore the boundaries of, of solar, the solar system and deep space. And so in doing that, as it approaches near Neptune, it somehow goes poof and disappears. So that's kind of uh, what's, what's occurred there with the event horizon. So they basically achieved what they wanted, they just disappeared while doing it. Uh, so and then in the credits it said this is the first recorded space disaster uh, in history and then it's got 2047 dot 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 now so we know that that's the year that's our present year as viewers that's that's where we're at it's 2047 and there's kind of like this weird kind of thunderstorm happening in the middle of space which is just kind of odd uh, the portal is open and the event horizon comes tumbling out now the the event horizon is how do i describe it it's it's almost rocking a similar shape to a klingon ship but not really like it's it's the long neck the head at the front the body at the back the wing tips along the it's kind of almost looks like an upside down crucifix, really. If you if you want to look at it that way in the shape, and then there's the big head thing at the front, which is menacing in itself because it almost looks like it has a chin, like and this front forehead and side bits hanging off. Um, if you look at the uh, cover post, the cover art for Event Horizon, it gives you a really decent look at the actual ship itself. And what looks funny is when it's when the actual name of Event Horizon's on there with lights, it looks like it's just stuck on there with Christmas lights in the freaking uh, just a white bed sheet. <laughs> like it looks a bit weird, but that's just how the the metal looks. It's it's white metal with the with the thing. It's definitely not a drop sheet with Event Horizon written on it. But that's when you first look at it, you think, oh Jesus, it looks like Christmas lights. Um, 
So anyway, and the ship's kind of spinning out of control, like it's just top, toppling over itself, which is really full on for a, for a ship to do. And you wouldn't want to be in it while it's doing that. Like it would be, it would be Chucksville for sure. And um, so yeah, it's mindlessly out of control, just spinning out of the thing. The lights are off, so you can tell it's kind of, you know, in in a bit of peril. And this is where now, 25 years ago, this was the CG that they were using, right? So it's a bit hit and miss, as you can understand. Like they were just kind of getting their kind of grasps around it. And I mean, compared to the CG now, which isn't great either. Like I've, I've seen some CG now in a 2020 movie and it's just shit. Like, and, and it's this is 25 years after this. And it's actually, the Event Horizon CG looks better than the 2020 CG. So, you know, I, you, you couldn't really get bogged down in the argument that the CG was bad. And that's why this movie was bad. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna dig into that. Um, it would be a very long episode if I did that. So um, yeah, you, it's it kind of goes into um, you're kind of floating through the ship, like you go through the ship and you and you're floating through, and you see some pretty cool little like a VHS tape spinning <laughs> in the in the corridor, someone's watch, you know, um, and as you're going through, um, you go to the bridge, and someone is in a in a star. Like the um, like the figure David on Da Vinci, like with the arms out and legs out, and they're spinning like the ship is spinning, and you, the camera, is zooming closer and closer to it, and eventually it's someone with this sliced up, lacerated face screaming, and you go into the mouth, and that's the start of the of the kind of the movie. We get introduced to Sam Neill that way because he wakes up and it's like a dream. So is it a dream, or is it the ship calling him? It's this is the question, and that starts to that starts to unravel in the movie, and that gets explained a bit more, and uh, that's kind of where you know that's where it heads. So the that's when you get another really decent CG effect, which I thought was actually really good, and it was so you're following uh, Sam Neill through the corridors of the space station, which is above Earth. So you. You're looking out the window, you see Earth down the thing and it's spinning. So that effect was really good. Like, so 25 years ago, that was not a bad effect to do. And then the camera kind of pans back and follows him going through the corridor and then leaves the like leaves out through the window of the space station and travels a bit to the right and then zooms in and you go through the, the front window, uh, the, the front screens of the, the Lewis and Clark. And you have the in a horseshoe shape. You have the characters. So you got Captain Miller, you got uh, Smith the pilot, you have uh, Lieutenant Stark, and you have Justin all sitting around. And this is what I said before with uh, when AHP. I referred to this as the ping pong dialogue. So this is where you kind of start to get to see everyone. You kind of learn a little bit about them. You learn about what's going on. And they do this little ping pong scene where they're talking amongst themselves, and uh, Sam Neill's character comes in, and they, they and what the so basically what's happening is they've uh, picked communications up with the Event Horizon. They've now going to go and take Sam Neill's character, uh, Doctor Ware, to the ship, right? And then, and but they were all due to go on holiday. 
before this happened and then they got specifically picked to go and and retrieve the ship so they're not thrilled about it the second thing that they're doubly not thrilled about is the fact that this thing has just reappeared near neptune now so for the characters in this movie and for the sake of the story neptune is an absolute shit zone to be in because it's basically right at the end of of the solar system it's the furthest point it's away from all help it's away from all the other ships floating around in space all manned by humans and uh it's a real deep outpost and then it's the last place they want to go to and because this event horizon it's almost like a ghost ship it's a it's a modern day ghost ship for these guys and so they're super spooked so their heebie-jeebie level is very high and uh, they're just not keen to go and so anyway you know for the sake of the movie and the story they end up having to go so they off they go and um so that's that's basically it so they all get into their chronogenic chamber chronogenic chronogenic chambers to go to sleep and they do and they set up and sam neil has a dreamscape and then you know they all wake up and everyone's all good and so they're having their coffee they're getting their food and you know they're doing all that and in the meantime they ask sam neil what's the deal tell us about it like to dr weir so dr weir kind of gives them this this discussion now a very condescending presentation and i think that's why everyone's backs went immediately up and they were like this guy's a dick right and it basically everyone after that is just got the shits on with with dr neil uh with <laughs> dr neil with dr william Ware, um and because sam neil does a great job of being a condescending prick in in this thing and he basically talks to them like they're stupid and he grabs someone's centerfold which i mind you i've got to say centerfolds in the future are shit because the girl is closed I, I, i'm just like that's not a centerfold man uh if that's the future mm, no nah. <laughs> you're doing it wrong um so it basically grabs the centerfold bends it up in half like that sticks a pencil through it this this explanation of relativity has been done before um and yeah so i've seen a similar presentation with someone's folded up before this movie so then he starts the explanation and and dumbs it down for everybody and says this is what's going on so anyway the um the so that's kind of where the tension like i said starts with with uh, Dr. William Ware and the rest of the crew. So they are now approaching the ship um, and they have a bit of a hard time connecting onto it, like, because it's, you know, like they have to grab onto some antennas and all that to, to you know, hook onto the ship properly. And Dr. Weir's already cracking it because they're cracking into the ship and they're damaging it. And he's like really uh, agitated that they're, they're, they're doing it. So. This is kind of when you start to say, hang on, is him and the ship kind of connected? Like, it's it's kind of a bit weird. And I'm not really spoiling it. Like, it's it's kind of just a question you have to ask yourself. Because just the way is it's just bizarre, like, how he's acting. It's like, you know, when you pick up someone's dog, you know, they're very like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like, careful picking up my dog. 
or um, you know something that's very a prized possession to them. So yeah, it's anyway. So what happens is the Justin and um, Captain Miller and Lieutenant Stark. Sorry, um, uh, not Captain Lieutenant Stark. Um, the Med Peters go into the ship first, uh, in through the ship. So those are the three that go in. Right now, what's happened? What basically happens is. Actually, no, I'm going to stop there because I'm not, I'm not going to go any further because you end up starting to spoil it without intentionally spoiling it. So if, if no one's seen Event Horizon, I'm not going to go any further than that. This is pretty much the beginning of the descent, like from where the ship starts to do its thing and everyone kind of has to fight back against it. And uh, there's a kind of a battle of wills and uh, a battle of sanity and... Um, yeah, it, it, this is where the kind of the the, the horror kind of picks up uh, from that. So I won't go any further than that. I'm, I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to stop it there. I'm not going to go any further because unfortunately you can't review the rest of the movie without spoiling it. So this is where I'll stop. So uh, you can see Event Horizon on YouTube. So go onto YouTube, go Event Horizon full movie, and you get it for free. So there you go. Uh, if you like it that much, uh, then you could pretty much, um, for Australian viewers, you could go onto JB Hi-Fi and, and basically just see if it's available in store and pick it up or get it delivered. Um, and good on you. Like you. Personally, I liked it. Um, IMDB gave it a 6. I give it an 8. Uh, I liked it even 25 years ago. I liked it. Um, there's a particular quick cut scene. This movie really would have been R18, but because of certain scenes, they had to kind of, they had to have these particular scenes cut so quick that you you can hear what's going on, but you can't see it. But what you can see is so quick and so horrifying. You kind of get a gist of what's going down, but you don't see the full thing. And when, in a way, it's kind of good, but unfortunately. Curious George over here. When I got the, when I rented it and brought it home, and I was able to pause and slow motion what was going on on this particular footage that the rescue team found. Yeah, kind of wish I didn't. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! It was, it was pretty much. This is when it became the space version of Hellraiser. Like, and and I was like, fuck, like. It, it just, yeah, the heebie-jeebie straight out the ceiling at that point. That was that was insane. So it did its job. So that's why a lot of people like it now and why it's getting a bit of a, a, a following now and why people appreciate it for what it is now. So that's good. So, I look, if you haven't seen this, I'd, actually, you know what, it would be up to you whether you like it or not. But, like, I, I liked it. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. It's a decent film. It's definitely not a first-time horror movie watcher. If, if you're watching horror for the first time, do not grab Event Horizon. This is not for you. Um, this is when you're a little bit horror movie battle-hardened. <laughs> like, to, to take this one. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a decent movie. It stands alongside uh, Alien and Aliens 2. It's kind of in the shadow of off a bit, and hence why I'm reviewing it today instead of the, the two great space horror films of Alien and Aliens. Um, and, uh, yeah, so 
hope you enjoy it and uh, go out and check it out. And like I said, you can get it for free on YouTube. So, I mean, if you watch it and you don't like it, eh, it's, it's a free movie. You, you know, um, it is what it is. So, cool. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of uh, Adelaide Horror Podcast. Uh, I'll be uploading soon uh, episode 9. And, uh, yeah. So, I hope you all uh, out there are happy and uh, mentally healthy and physically well. So, uh, cool. And keep it that way. And, uh, yeah, like I said, have a chat with me on, on Facebook if you want to. Or there's also some other helplines you can get in contact with as well, depending on what country you're in. Um, so, yeah, cool. So, until then, stay scary and I'll see you in the crypt.